Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Bergen and Morgan of Vibe Tribe Fitness coming to you from Everett, Washington. Girls, how are you today? What's going on? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. I'm excited to have you guys here. Uh, I'm excited to to pick your brain and, and get a sneak peek or a, an insider look into Vibe Tribe and, and what you guys have going on. Before we do all that, before we talk business and strategy and tactics, uh, I want to explore a little bit of context here. And so for people listening who aren't familiar with Vibe Tribe, what is this business? How do you guys describe what you do here? So we decided to create um, a smaller studio-based gym. So instead of your big commercial gyms, we really wanted to scale it down. We wanted the focus to be on one-on-one personal training. So we really don't have members. Um, Just so that when people are in here, it's this really small, safe environment. They get a lot of really good one-on-one visibility with a trainer. They don't have that big overwhelming feeling of being in a space that's filled with other people. Um, And so we have our focus mostly on personal training, trying to create that safe space, really build up people's confidence and movements. Um, We have a big emphasis on strength gyms. If you look around our gym, it's mostly filled with barbells, dumbbells, lots of weights. (laughs) Um, So not a ton of machines, but really try to teach people the fundamentals of movement and really build their confidence in that um, with a little more of a hands-on experience. Yeah, we wa- we wanted it to be a place that people walked into and really felt like they were being led by professionals. Like that, this wasn't going to be a thing that they walked in another gym they walked into and you know paid for a membership and walked out of. Yeah. Six weeks later, three weeks Plenty later. Plenty of options to do that. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. And, and so, take us back. Put us in your time machine here, to the time. Hey. I'm going to open up my own facility. I think I'm going to venture off on my own. When did all of this come about? And and what were you thinking about? What was sort of the goal in opening up this location? Um, It kind of felt like a, like kicked out of the nest type situation. So I just, uh, it was just me originally. And I was just a contractor, personal training, personal trainer contracting out of uh, other, other gyms. Sure. Um, and then uh, one day the, the owner of that gym decided that, to grow his business and move it elsewhere. And it's always been a goal to get a physical location. I just didn't think it was going to happen quite so yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, the second I got word that the gym was moving, um, that's when I started looking for a, a space to yeah, yeah, yeah. go and, for and so, it. And so here you are right? Now you have this physical space. Within that time, now that you guys are are sort of leading the ship on your own, walk us through sort of two sides of the coin here. One, what's been the best part about owning your own business? And two, what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business? Uh, For me, the best part is making exactly what you want it to be, you know, Um, creating the community you want to, 
um, offering the services that you want to. You don't have to ask for permission to host a class or if you have an idea, you don't have to run it by anyone. You know, it's just kind of like whatever, whatever idea you want to make reality, it's, you can, you just got to put it in motion, which has been uh, really nice because previously, you know, working in busier gyms, you have to wait if you're going to offer other things, you got to wait for the gym to be a little less empty. You got to ask if anyone else is around, if they're using this equipment, that equipment. So equipment's always available, space is always available and it's, yeah, it's great. It's whatever you yeah. want it to be. Yeah. You have a little and, more and sound like the culture too, you know, like yeah. you have a little more, a little more flow on how you interact with your clients without other people kind of darting in and out of those interactions and kind of adjusting it. Cause we've had a lot of people that have come in here because they have kind of that anxiety of bigger spaces. Right. Um, and so <laughs> we're able to kind of keep it a little more, a little more small, private, comfortable, kind of keep the interactions and what's comfortable to them. Whereas, you know, when there's a bunch of people moving about, you kind of have to flow with the energy around you. Yeah. And, and so I think in true entrepreneurial fashion, you enjoy being able to mold this into what you actually want, right? You get to make mm -hmm. the rules. There's no red tape other than what you self-imply. And so take us to the other side, the flip side of that. What's been the most challenging part about it so far? I would say, I mean, on the owning the business side, it's had its like normal ups and downs. But I think the biggest challenge for us actually was getting the space to have a business. And um, so what we were running into, we were applying for all these places, but um, as unfortunate as it sounds, because we were two women coming to them with a proposal for a strength-based gym, all of a sudden, once we get the, the proposal back from them, all of a sudden the square foot was $6 up per foot like a space or like we would yeah so we were having these like huh. we were going in and talking to them and they were like oh great 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 and then we would give them our proposal about it being a strength-based gym and they were like oh it's just you two there's no one else with you they were like no and then all of a sudden when we would get counter offers they were just these like exorbitant rates um, yeah. I think that's so. a that's an unfortunate <laughs> circumstance but I think it's sort of the reality of the industry at this point and mm -hmm. in a, in a heavily male dominated industry, I think you are a bit of a minority here. So yeah, you we guys, are, we are. <laughs> you guys, at least you did find a space, right? We found yeah. real it, estate. It took, a, it took a long time though. It took us six months to find a place like, yeah. and you know, seeing constant spaces and it falling through and it was, it was not a quick turnaround. No one, no one was in a hurry to put us in any yeah. space, yeah. which was and, crazy. And finding commercial real estate for anybody in this industry is typically not the most fun part of opening up yeah. a business for you guys. What were you looking for in a lease? What was sort of the, the non-negotiables that we wanted to have in a facility? Uh, we wanted to keep it like max 15, 1500 square feet. Um, so enough space that we can fill it with the equipment we want, but not so much space that we're like, well, what's different between you and LA Fitness? You know what I mean? Um, so with the exception of being, you know, a locally owned big gym, you know, what's the difference? So I think to keep that like smaller space, we're looking for that. And then, you know, relatively bare bones, right? Because I mean, you don't need, we need like essentially a big open room. We don't need like all of these like different different rooms going on so. Yeah. yeah so we did end up seeing a bunch of spaces that were great but then it would have taken us like 
six months of tearing down walls and trying to like remodel instead of just having like one empty space. And um, the other thing was finding neighbors that we didn't think that we would be a disruption to, right? Because we're a gym. We have barbells, we have plates. Like we keep our music low, we but just like stuff. the basic sounds of gyms are kind of loud. So you wanted to make sure you weren't next to like a massage parlor or, <laughs> you know, yeah. someone who's gonna like, where you're gonna constantly be at odds with your neighbors. You wanna create those really good communities, not only within your space, but within like the whole communal space. Um, yep. So we really wanted to make sure that we found people that we like felt we could interact well with, not really interfere with their business, but still do everything that we do here without having to worry about it too much. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and we could go for hours and hours to talk about commercial real estate and finding. <laughs> I used to run a facility in Brooklyn and we were on the second floor and on the first floor was the T-Mobile and they hated us. <laughs> and so it's funny that you mentioned that, but here we are, guys. I mean, talk to us a little bit. You mentioned already the majority of this is in personal training. Mm-hmm. Walk us through sort of why you chose to go that route. There's a million ways to provide value in fitness. Why did personal training speak to you guys? I mean, if we're going on the like super business side of it, we sat down when we wanted to establish the business and we did the whole original, like we wrote a business plan. We did we found our target market. We found, you know, how many people we thought we could bring in. We wanted to figure out what differentiated us from other gyms in the area, things like that. Um, so we really like narrowed that down as much as we could. And what we realized after doing a bunch of market research and realizing what we have available between the two of us is that having a membership based membership based gym is so heavily already in this area that we needed something else to set us apart. We looked at, you know, kind of the clientele in this area. It's a little more of like your middle income, like moms and dads who tend to like a little more one-on-one experience. Um, And then just with our personalities and kind of what we're good at and what we like to focus on with training, we figured that that one-on-one experience would be really great. But trying to integrate the one-on-one with the membership felt like it kind of went against the basics of what we were trying to build as a business. Um, so once we really like made that kind of the focal point and then from there decided we wanted the small space, it only really made sense to stay in line with kind of the plan that we were trying to create to only keep it with one-on-one. Um, and then it just allows us to make sure that people are staying injury-free and having a good time and building good experiences and things like that. But if we're really going to like the full business business side, we, we sat down, we went old school, we wrote up a plan and we used Love it. circle back to it a lot to try to make sure that the next steps we're taking with stay in line with kind of our goals and ambitions. Yeah. And, and there's so many, like with the membership gyms, I mean, there's so many places that people walk into and don't know what they're doing or intimidated. And, you know, we just didn't want this to be another space that you walked into and walked back out of and said, Oh, this is another thing that doesn't work. You know, we wanted people to feel, supported and led by experts in the field and and, uh, just really focus on like the quality of our training uh, for each individual Mm -hmm. rather than the quantity of people coming through the door yeah and so I I think that because we're we're both very uh like heartfelt people (laughs) we want everyone to you know feel better and so that was just much more in line with, with what we wanted to, yeah. in that 
that's how we viewed like adding value sure. for people instead of just providing a space because there's plenty of spaces that are just provided but the quality of what you get when you enter varies drastically and we just really wanted to make sure that like everyone walking out of here was like that was quality like yeah, yeah. And, and so to play devil's advocate here for a minute, the, the challenge, at least in personal training, as long as it's existed as a service, is that at a certain point, we can't train any more people, right? We're sort of capped in what we can do. Are you guys at all concerned that that will come at a, a certain day and time? We're, we're already there. <laughs> we're there now. Okay. It came a lot faster than we had projected. Good problems to have. This is, this is far better than not having people to train. Um, but I guess, I guess let me pick your brain here then. Is there room for like a, like a semi-private feel to this or like a smaller group training session, if you will? So I think right now our focus on, is on getting another trainer or two in here ah, okay. and building it that way. Mm -hmm. So still very much um, individual focus. Um, and then I think the like the big the big thought is in, instead of like growing the space itself, like when Morgan says reverting back to our business plan always, like we always want to stay small, mm -hmm. we, like space wise. Um, reverting back to that, we're trying to, you know, like keep this space, but then maybe open a second location ah, okay. in another, in another city. So then we can still bring on trainers. We know, like trust and sure. then, ha you know, get them set up to run that location. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, in the future, we envision there being lots of abstract fitnesses, yeah. uh, yeah. I mean, no, it's marketable, and deal. if we can sort of systemize and recreate that success, multiple locations is a way that we can sort of play with that capacity lever a little bit. Yeah, I want to explore. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, just so good. And to the like benefit of keeping it small is they're relatively cheap to open. Yeah. Like with a big, huge gym, like we don't have a million dollars going into each location, you know? So that's, you know, reduce your overhead significantly. Yeah, that, I'm sure that and, helps. Yeah, it's um, from a business standpoint, that's super helpful. Yeah, I, I want to explore how you were able to do that. I, I think the vast majority of people that listen to this podcast are gym owners themselves. And typically gym owners are looking for ways to figure how do we get to as many people as we can possibly help. And so walk us through the, the marketing and how did we attract this interest in the business to get to where you are now? Um, so a lot of it was just getting it, the physical space in front of people. Um, we're lucky to have a pretty high traffic space, um, that, and then getting on like Google maps and Google pages, um, that brings a lot of eyes, just having like the, make sure, make sure you have those keywords and like personal training, fitness, gym, you know, like all those like buzzwords that people search for in Google. That's a big thing. Um, but I think the most rapid growth we've seen lately is from word of mouth. Now yeah. that, now that people have been in and experienced the space, we've seen like an enormous uptick and everyone we talk to is like, Oh yeah, I know so-and-so they told yeah. I know so-and-so. So that's yeah, a I, big part of it. I, I think the, the conversation needs to have some feel of marketing for a personal training client and marketing for, somebody looking to join some sort of commercialized gym has got to be a vastly different approach 
for you guys, that's taken the form of a lot of word of mouth. I think that makes sense. People that have the financial resources to participate in personal training, typically no other people that have the financial resources to participate in personal training. And so it makes sense. We'll take anybody and everybody in that sort of vein. Uh, You mentioned social media along the way. I think if we're being realistic, if I'm looking for a trainer or a gym, I'm probably going to one of a handful of places. And to your point, it's Google, it's Facebook, it's Instagram. If we're not coming up on those platforms, people are going to find somewhere else to go. Yeah, I think that's just the reality of it. And so at least with the social media component of it, who's handling that in your business? Is that you guys? Is that outsourced to somebody else? We do it. Yeah. So we kind of share it. I mean, we both have our own like professional pages for each of us. And then the combo page for Vibe Tribe, we split kind of half and half together, depending on who has um, the bandwidth that week to take on social media, because as stupid as it sounds, yeah, it's only one post, but sometimes they can take like hours to make and like, that's they, why sometimes I ask, it feels like yeah. sometimes this does become burdensome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't really feel like it has that like big turnover in it, right? Because you're just trying to get in front of people's eyes and that doesn't always turn into like an instant like oh someone's reaching out but it gets it into people's eyes where they're then doing the word of mouth they're talking to their friends about a space and we really try to have all of our social media content be a lot more on like um the type of environment we try to create here in the gym so we like really have that be a focus and then we have it be on a lot of like technique based stuff like the things that we would like be a little more nitpicky with our clients about that a lot of um places don't necessarily like use as marketing they use it more as like tutorial stuff but we try to use it as kind of a marketing site to be like here's you know kind of things that we would work on with you but then here's the environment so try to get you know the two different scopes like I said we have kind of our our gen pop coming in trying to do their day-to-day lives but we also have our power lifters coming in trying to prep for competition so we kind of use our marketing in both directions depending on I mean it sounds like your differentiator is the coaching here Mm -hmm. right and so we need to keep that front of mind in any kind of marketing that we do exactly it sounds like the the time investment and everything that we talk about here has got to come back to ROI at some point and ROI Mm -hmm. is measured in dollars and cents of course but also time yep the time that you guys invested in this it sounds like isn't or is at least difficult to measure in terms of the results and the efficacy here have you guys considered drifting into the other side of social media and using the paid advertising component of it has that crossed your radar at any point for sure yeah i just don't think we've put much honestly we've been so busy just face-to-face with clients lately Um, i think that's that's but social media is taking a backseat of it. Sure, <laughs> sure. Like no, I think I think any sort of conversation <laughs> we have here, we need to keep in in perspective that this is a small business, and for the most part, it's the two of you. Like anything mm-hmm. that we invest time in or invest money in, needs to have some sort of return. And if we're busy, you're the guy. You're the people opening the doors at the beginning of the day. You're the people training the clients. You're the people cleaning toilets. You're the people mm-hmm. delivering all of the service here. There is a time budget component to this. Exactly. Exactly. And like you were saying, ROI. Like sometimes you feel like for a social media post, yeah, it takes an hour to make. 
but it doesn't necessarily turn into anything directly, which yeah. isn't a big thing. But when you have more of like that face-to-face where it feels like you're getting a lot bigger ROI, that's usually where you put your preference yeah, when you absolutely. have limited time. The other thing, like we were saying, is we kind of hit this like ceiling on our time a little quicker than we wanted <laughs> or had anticipated, not wanted. We're very happy. I'm going to take that back. But, um, <laughs> uh, but we also um, are kind of looking at bringing someone on to open up that bandwidth before we push that marketing right now. Because right now, if people are reaching out and they're like, we want to get on your schedule, we'll try to make it happen as much as we can. But we're starting to run out of that time resource as well. So. Yeah. I think we're kind of waiting until we can open up a few more spaces to really push that marketing a little more. Yeah. I think staffing is an interesting topic to explore here because it sounds like you guys are right on the precipice of bringing somebody in. Mm -hmm. Where is that search taking place? Or, Or I guess, how are you going about finding that ideal employee? We were kind of trying to use, um, people, like kind of swoop people that we knew in our personal lives, like people that we know are good trainers that fit our culture, that fit our ideals. Um, And unfortunately, both of them just had some other like commitments already. And so we're, we're turning it to look in other ways. But like we were talking to you about earlier, we're so focused on the culture that we have here that we, I think are a little hesitant on bringing anyone on currently because we want them very much to fit that space. So we're, you know, we're kind of doing the LinkedIn indeed, you know, like just kind of like putting it out, seeing who we're getting. Um, but we made a decision that if we do find someone that we think is a good fit based off of their resume, that we'd want to do kind of a two-part interview, just like a sit down, make sure on both sides, the fit's kind of right. And then on the second, give them the opportunity to prepare for like a sec, like essentially a mock consultation and bring them in and have them take us through what they would do because there are certain things, especially with the people that we're bringing in, we want it to be, feel like such an inclusive space. We want everyone to feel safe here. We want everyone to feel comfortable. So there are certain things that we know people typically say in their consultations. And if you're gonna say things that make them feel worse about it as your selling point or you know something like that, we wanna really like quickly steer away from that. We don't wanna have someone in here already kind of working with clients before we see that. So I think our focus is really be careful on who we bring in and kind of take them through a little more intensive of an interview process than most places do, just because the culture is something we're so concerned about. I think traditional challenges when it comes to hiring, and especially in a business like yours, is that we can typically find two types of people. And one is blank slate, not a ton of experience, but we're going to have to put in the time and the energy to mold this person into what we want or somebody more established in the industry. And we have to kind of be okay with whatever habits are already ingrained. They may be an incredibly intelligent and great trainer, but they may have some other baggage that they bring along with them. And and Mm-hmm. finding somebody in that middle ground is is a unicorn I think and so exactly. that's the uh that's what I foresee as being a big hurdle for you guys here at least and and I'm sure the search is ongoing and when you find that person hold on to them with all you can <laughs> as you as you look to the future with this obviously our whole conversation has been geared around sort of growing a business and maximizing what we can do within the confines of where we are. Where do you, I mean, you already sort of touched on it, 
with the multiple locations idea, but where do you see this business trending in the next couple of years? I mean, I think we would really like it to be a space, you know, you touched on the point on like, as a personal trainer, you feel like there's only so much you can do. You kind of have a ceiling on how many people you can provide to. Right. And so I think our like long-term goal is almost to turn it into a space where we can bring trainers in, kind of teach them grow. So like, we're not working with more clients necessarily, but we're teaching other trainers on the business side of things, on the relationship side of things, how to screen people properly things that happen within your like certifications that are touched on, but that are a little more helpful having that like one-on-one -on -one experience. And so kind of taking the business and turning it not only into a place that sees clients, but a place that train helps train trainers and helps them get on their feet. And then if we can do our, our overall goal, which is to create more gym locations, is to kind of get them up and running, teach them all the basics, teach them how to run a business, and then send them off to their own location and kind of keep this like turning wheel of being able to help people by like kind of training trainers and setting them up for success within their own business. Yeah, which we found, um, I don't know, in your area, but here we haven't really found any support for trainers, you know? Um, yeah, I, mean, I know a lot of, I know a lot online, of people. There's a lot of mentorships. There's, I think there's good and bad in every industry mm -hmm. and, and it's sort of just where you find yourself, but as yeah. far as in-person, even college ex-phys programs are, are lacking for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. So if we could provide something, because I know a lot of personal trainers who want to start their own thing, sure. um, who are in bo box gyms and stuff, but are just terrified because they don't know how. <laughs> and that's fair because I was there too. I had no idea. Um, but if we can, if along the on along the road, if we can figure out uh, programs to help them kickstart their own businesses and you know I think grow it's that way. Yeah, I think yeah, it's so. a. I'm sure there's demand for it, and a, and I think it's sort of the natural evolution of the entrepreneur here. Like we talked about, you guys are on the floor. You're doing everything in the business right now. At a certain point, it's natural to want to sort of elevate and bring in people underneath you in that that coaching tree, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see for you guys moving forward, how that takes shape. Um, and, and, and I'm sure we barely scratched the surface on all that you guys do, but as we run a bit shy on time here, I want to give you guys the chance to tell people where we, where they can learn a little bit more about Vibe. Where, where should we send them? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Yeah. So, um, we, our website is vibetribefit.com. Um, you can see all of our stuff there. Our, our Instagram is at vibetribefitness. Our new Instagram is, our old one got hacked. It's not the underscore one. <laughs> it's just five times <laughs> Um, So there's that. And then uh, my own personal business account is at Bergen Fit. And mine's at Morgan Barton Fitness. Fantastic. Everyone listening, connect with Bergen and Morgan on all of the platforms that they just listed. Guys, this has been a bunch of fun. I really appreciate your, your willingness to share a little bit of insight into your experience thus far as a business owner and thoughts and plans for moving forward from here. I can't thank you enough for your time. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. 
our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Cody Patrick from Sweat 440 Fitness out of Miami Beach, Florida. What's going on, Cody? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great, Alex. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. I'm excited to have you on. We talked a little bit um, before we started recording this, and you have a pretty cool thing going on. Um, you know, you just started your your fac- facilities back in 2018, and you're ready getting to a point where you're franchising, um, you know, your business to other people. So I think that's really cool, something cool and exciting to talk about. Um, but yeah, so let's not waste any time here getting into the details. How did you get started? What is it that made you get started with, you know, owning your own facility? Yeah, so I, I came from a personal training background, um, you know, worked in the big box gyms for years, um, eventually went on to open my own um, personal training studio, uh, realizing that working inside of some of the larger gyms leads to the lion's share of my revenue was going to the house. And so I always wanted to venture out on my own, become a business owner so that I could grow my own um, potential for revenue, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But then quickly getting into that, I realized that um, owning a business gives me opportunities to to have a broader reach and reach more people. And so I created a facility that facilitated um, uh, more personal trainers and doing stuff like that. And I just fell in love with kind of the entrepreneurial spirit of it. And um, in 2017, one of the trainers that worked for me came to me and, and he and I worked together to come up with an idea that has now become Sweatboard 40. And um, every step of the way, we're just realizing that um, I'm doing better and better and reaching more and more people, uh, changing more lives and just creating the opportunities. And so that's um, kind of been the, where my passion has come from, uh, being a business owner and an entrepreneur. Right, right. And, and I talk to a lot of gym owners and, and a lot of them have the same uh, belief kind of idea that, that you have when it comes to starting your own facility. But but not a lot of them are able to to get the ball rolling, you know, as quick as you did or, or put themselves in a position to really like scale and grow. Right. A lot of them have that passion for helping people, for changing lives. And they forget that there's this whole business side of things that you have to be good at as well. Um, so that's really cool to see. But I, w- I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of Sweat 440 and the listeners that, and, and the services that you guys offer. I apologize. Yeah, absolutely. So we're a boutique uh, hit fitness uh, brand. Um, similar to your, your larger brands you would have heard over like your F45s, Orange Series, things like that. So um, the workouts are comparable to that, but um, our biggest differentiator is we've tried to overcome the number one excuse um, that people have for not working out. And that is, I don't have time. And I'm sure that um, you've talked to a ton of uh, gym owners. That's, that's the most common excuse you'll find that people use for not exercising. Um, so what we did is we designed a rotating system that allows us to start new classes every 10 minutes. 
as opposed to traditional brands that start classes every hour to hour and a half. So instead of having a 6 a.m., 7.30 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m. class schedule, we have a 6, 6.10, 6.20, 6.30, You know, every, every 10 minutes, we start a new group of people. Um, we start groups of either six or nine people per, per um, 10 minutes uh, station. And it's a, it's a four station, 40 minutes uh, hit training class. And that's where we get the name 440. Um, so at 4:40, and basically the idea being is, um, you know, if you're if you're busy, you have got kids, you've got a job, you've got you know Zoom calls, you know, um, in today's world, whatever whatever it looks like, um, you can fit us into your schedule instead of us forcing you to to adjust your schedule around ours, and that's really resonated with people. Um, everyone's busy these days, um, or they're not busy, right? And if you're not busy, you also don't want to be tied to a schedule. Um, and so this rotating system really allows people to, to not have the stress of trying to make a specific class time. Um, we've also introduced a technology-driven um, system so that each one of the stations has a virtual trainer in the station. Um, the biggest reason for that is I come from a personal training background and a group fitness background. Okay. And the nice thing about personal training is we can give nice one-on-one -on -one attention to the user. Um, and the downside of group fitness is oftentimes that the instructors are so distracted by trying to demonstrate the exercises and adjust the music and do everything else that they don't really get to give, um, a lot of individualized attention to, to the consumer, um, which creates risk for injury or just poor experience or, you know, lack of direction. So by having these virtual trainers in the stations, our coaches on the floor are able to just um, focus on, um, the people making sure that they're safe making sure that the floor stays, you know, clean, that um, everyone's, you know, using the proper technique. And, you know, if someone's injured or needs a modification, they can provide that for them on the spot. Um, and so it's really resonated with the users. And I think that the um, people are, are really enjoying the, the flexibility that we're providing. Awesome. So you have virtual trainers that, that teach each station um, yeah. as people move along. Exactly. So if you just picture a large television in each station, um, there's there's three exercises per station um, and there's a timer. So there's four quadrants on the screen, Okay. three of them being exercises and the bottom one being the the timer. Um, so it tells you when to start, when to stop, when to rotate, when to start, stop, rotate, etc. Really smart, really smart. So so I know that you have uh, quite a few different locations here. Um, you know, and you have a pretty good membership base as well for the for the size that you're working with. But I do always like to ask, is it a point of focus for you right now to continue membership growth, um, get some more people in the door, you know, change more lives, help some more more people? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, we're always trying to broaden our reach, um, touch as many lives as we can, um, not only on a studio level with with members, but also at a franchise level by creating entrepreneurs changing their lives as business owners. And then hopefully those business owners change the lives of their communities um, in, the, in the areas in which they open studios. Okay, cool, cool. So, so since you are wanting to see new faces and help some more people um, at this point, uh, what are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? Yeah, so it's, it's a multifaceted approach. Um, you know, on a studio level where, you know, there's there's always the key things of like just member and get, or community engagement. Um, right. So our team members are always out, um, you know, making connections in the neighborhood, uh, other businesses, you know, restaurants, juice bars, coffee bars, places like that, um, really trying to connect with people, um, encouraging our members um, through referral programs and ambassador programs okay. to, to go out and bring friends in and we reward them for that. Um, 
And then we have a pretty robust SEO platform that, that we, um, that we focus on as well as a PPC marketing, you know, through your Instagram, Facebook, Google, um, things like that. So we have different marketing channels that we try to reach out so that, um, you know, if you're scrolling through Instagram one day, hopefully you'll, you'll get one of our ads that pop up and you're like, Oh, I've never heard of them. I'm going to go check it out. And, um, and then along with that, we have a pretty robust CRM, uh, customer, you know, management system that, um, that is uh, facilitated nice. We have a, a call center as well that's always on staff. So that anytime someone a new lead comes in, uh, we can immediately contact the the potential person. So that so this is not like a you know they click and forget it. Like we try to actually get them booked for a, for a free class to come in and check us out. So that um, you know we don't want you to lose your motivation before you ever get started, right? So we try to you know right. convince you to get in there, check us out, and then um, hopefully join our family and, and stick with us. Very cool. Very cool. So you have done a little bit of paid advertising, you said as well. Is that mainly Facebook ads, Instagram ads? Yeah, it's uh, that's probably the, the heavy focus is, you know, some Google based stuff, obviously. Um, you know, we've dabbled a little bit with it, with TikTok is now another one that's uh, seems to be um, at the forefront of people's minds. Um, I'm not as versed in that as, as I am in the others, but, um, but yeah, that's been, that's been a big part of the focus. And I'm sure now at this point, you you have a, a team or a marketing team that, that are running the ads for you, right? Yeah. yeah. And are, are you able to track like the results that you get from there within like a given month? Like, you know, the amount of leads that are coming in through the door? Yeah, we, we track everything from the number of leads to the cost per leads to the, um, you know, impressions, the uh, clicks, all, all the different, um, you know, variables. No. Um, the ones obviously I focus on are the number of faces that show up in the gym, um, right. you know, clicks and impressions are always nice, but, um, it's not until they really set foot in the, in the studio that it, that it counts for me. So, you know, so we keep a, um, very close tally on, um, you know, uh, first, first time users is what we call them, you know, first class attendances. Um, so we have a, a new registration is one, right. Then there's a first time user, which is them actually showing up in the studio. That's the one that counts. Okay. And then we look at conversion rates and stuff like that beyond it. Okay, awesome. And I'm assuming you have like the same the same team that's running the marketing for for all of your franchises, correct? Um, what about the people who, or correct me, I'm wrong. Is that correct, or do you you have the same you know company that's running the ads for all of your locations? Yeah, exactly. And and what about for the people? Let's say myself, if I wanted a franchise. Um, you know, a sweat for 40 gym and start my own location. Um, would I be expected to, to use the same marketing company that you're connected with? Yeah. So what we do just to, to maintain brand consistency and, um, and, and keeping our message uh, consistent, we typically, uh, we have approved, um, we have two approved um, marketing companies. Um, okay. One, one that we have one for SEO and, and two for, for the actual PPC marketing. Um, both that have proven themselves to be valuable and, and, um, the other one, you know, is, you know, just so we can keep an eye on making sure our brand message stays consistent. You know, if you had right. 10 marketing companies, you'd have 10 different messages out there. And, and, um, so we uh, try to maintain that good consistency and, and also as a, as a consumer of our brand, as a franchisee, I don't want you to have to go out there and, and have a bad experience with a marketing company because, exactly. um, We've all heard the the horror stories of that, where you spend tens of thousands of dollars on 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 these things, and and they don't yield any results. And so, right. since we found stuff that works for us, we are um, you know we're quite happy with that. 
Awesome. Awesome. Now, a question that I like to ask just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on even, you know, the past uh, five, six years that you've been a gym owner. Um, but what was something that was easier than you thought when it came to starting your business? And what was something that was more unexpected or more difficult when it came to running your gym? Um, I could probably give you a huge list of what was difficult and it's a very short list of what was easy. Um, I don't, that's, that's a tough one. Actually to say anything was easy would probably be unfair. Um, I, I think the right. easy part is really just, um, the, the, the product itself, the actual workout itself is probably the easiest part, right? Cause we're right. fitness experts and, you know, the actual exercise and creating a, a challenging and fun workout program is probably the easiest thing. Um, because it's, it's just second nature for us. It's nothing that, that we have to really think about. Um, the science is there that, you know, um, we're always trying to be creative and coming up with new exercises and new routines. So that part is, is relatively easy, I guess, if we, if we were to call it that, um, the difficult part is just, um, and, and to your point about being able to scale and grow, the difficult part is being able to work in the business and on the business at the same time. Um, and then creating a team and, and I think the hard part for me at the, at the CEO level, trying to get myself out of the business so that I can work on the business um, yeah. because I, I love the day-to-day -day stuff as well. I love being in a studio and seeing the, the sweaty people and the smiling faces and the high fives and all the stuff that goes with the, um, the rewarding part of seeing what you've built um, come to fruition. But in order for, for me to help this company grow and expand, I, I can't, do that i can't sit inside of a studio because i end up just chatting all day to the members and, and yeah. the teams and stuff like that and and you know i i have i love everything I, I don't mind scrubbing toilets and cleaning floors and folding towels and doing the most basic of of things but if i want the company to grow i can't be doing that stuff and focusing on networking and connecting and growing things like the marketing side of the business um you know the the uh I guess, research and development um, aspects of the business um, that are going to be crucial for us to, to continue to scale. So I think the one of the more difficult things for me was to give myself the permission to get out of the gym, trust my teams to, yeah. to execute the, the, you know, the product that we've created and just trust in them to do it well and, and let go of that. I mean, it's really hard to let go of that piece of the business and to step out and then focus on the other things. But as I do that little by little, I, I keep building a team underneath me to execute these things that are distracting me from, from what's important. Um, and as they execute and do well, I see us growing. And, and so, so that's, I think that's probably been the hardest part for me. Right. Right. And good for you too. I mean, it's a skill within its stone to, to be able to look at, um, you know, the things that, that really move the needle forward for you and be able to focus on those and, and pass all those other responsibilities on to someone else who could handle it. Um, you know, so, so good for you for, for getting to that point to where um, now you could focus more uh, on the business side of things, right? Um, right. Cool. So, so if you could wave, let's say a magic wand here, a magic business wand and have your business be in the exact position that you want it, um, what would that kind of look like to you? Oh, that's another uh, broad, uh, broad question, probably. Um, I think so since it's like I was telling you, I'm, I'm out of the more day-to-day -day stuff in the studios. So from a business perspective for me, um, 
my biggest goal right now is to, to try and have as many franchisees as possible. Um, meaning that I'm out there creating entrepreneurs and changing the lives of people that are now able to own a very successful business and hopefully set them and their family up for, um, for, you know, really good profitable, um, business that they haven't had to struggle as badly to, to get there. Um, you know, most people struggle opening a new business, but in yep. franchising, hopefully I've broken all the eggs and I'll, and to make the omelet, yeah, right. And all you got to do is yeah, step in. So, I guess my perfect scenario would be that I've optimized our franchise um, program so well that, that the, the entrepreneurs who, who join us are just feeling the rewards of that and being successful. Um, and we have a lot of franchises, right? Um, massive growth under that. So, you know, several hundred locations. Um, and with that, we'll have several thousands or hundreds of thousands of members which would mean that we're changing the lives of several hundred thousand people on a daily basis. And that's, that to me as a, as an individual and as a business owner is just, um, is the dream, right? No, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I, I just enjoy even having this conversation because I, I do talk to, you know, many gym owners who, who get stuck in that day to day. So for you to actually be there at that point, pushing and scaling and, and ready to, you know, franchise out and, and change more lives, um, I think that's really cool. Um, what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from getting to that point, like taking a step back? What is it that that you feel like you have to optimize more to get to that point to where, you know, anybody could be successful franchising Sweat 440? Yeah. So I think the, um, you know, the, there's a there was a silver lining to the pandemic. Um, we were growing um, prior to 2020 at such a rapid pace um, that I feel like there was a lot of parts of our system that we weren't 100% perfect at. And now that we've had a chance to, I guess, take a, a little bit of a pause and, and slow our growth down, it gave me the chance and my team the chance to go in and, and just fix a lot of small things. And I'm talking about really small things like how to order um you know, your cleaning supplies at a rate so you don't have too little or too much because that becomes a distraction because like, oh my God, we're out of cleaning supplies today. Um, and so we're focused on that instead of on selling memberships, right? Um, right. And it's just really optimizing every link in the chain so that um, it's good. So now that that is, has come to fruition over throughout the course of the, of the last couple of years, I feel like we're, we're at a really good place to launch. <clears throat> and so the next steps for me really are now that the pandemic and, and everything is hopefully in the rear view or, or at least to some degree behind us, um, people feel comfort, uh, comfortable stepping back into the ring and opening businesses again. Um, and so right now, the bigger challenges are, you know, uh, landlords are moving slower to sign leases, con contractors are taking longer to build mm -hmm. studios. So um, speed is not something that we have. So it's just really about optimizing our, our building and, and uh, build out processes uh, for new gyms and, and facilitating those, uh, those um, and selling more franchises, really just having more people come in and that are good operators. Obviously, we're very selective with who we franchise with. And it's just about finding the right operators and then putting them in the right locations and then overcoming the, I guess, the supply chain uh, you know, issues and the, and the slow processes that we're that the whole world's facing right now in every industry. Definitely, definitely. And I, and I did want to ask a little bit just about the different layers of service that you guys offer. I know you, you're predominantly group training. Do you do any type of, you know, private training, semi-private training as well? Uh, no, not currently. We just, we keep it primarily just to the group because we're 
because we're open most hours of the day. The only hours that we will occasionally close down are in the middle of the afternoon, which aren't obviously peak hours when people want to work out. Um, we have considered uh, allowing some private training during those hours, but um, we don't want to distract away from our core business. Um, going back to your previous point, a lot of people fail to grow because you get there's too many shiny objects that you're always chasing. Right. Um, and so by staying focused on our bread and butter, I think it allows us to perfect that or get much closer to perfection than if we're trying to be a jack of all trades. We're really yeah. trying to just stay focused. So um, that was a lesson that I've had to learn the hard way because I always think that why not add this? Why not add that? But then I started to realize by adding too many things, we're okay at a lot of things, but we're not great at any one thing. Right, right. There, there's a fine line between like tinkering with everything too much and being good enough to scale, right? And, and you don't exactly. really have to touch. Sometimes you feel like you have to fix everything when really you're, you're good enough right now to scale. And the product that you have, it works, it's valuable. Um, the direction you're going is working. So so that's cool to see. Um, but cool. So do you offer any like supplements, nutrition, accountability, um, you know, even maybe yeah, supplements, you know, merch, food and drinks? Yeah. So at the moment, no, we, we do. Um, we just sell, you know, basic water in the studios and stuff like that. Again, um, kind of a separate business. That is something that I have considered um, being maybe one of our next phases of growth. Um, I wanted to optimize absolutely everything we are doing right now to the point where bringing out something like that would be something that we could safely consider right. without it distracting away from our core product. Um, I think that that is, you know, obviously nutrition is, is 60, 70, 80% of the battle for a lot of people. Right. So yeah. by being able to um, bring that element in, I think it would, would help our members a lot. Um, but, but no, currently at the moment, we're still very focused on just the fitness side of things and, and it would be a very strategic and well thought out process if we were to introduce to get that um, in the near future. Yeah, definitely. And, and even, um, you know, with these things, it's just like, especially supplements or even nutrition and accountability. This is a, you know, it's something that a lot of your members might be buying outside of your facility. Let's say, you know, 20, 20 to 30% are, are buying some type of protein, BCA, a fat burner. Um, so if you're able to, to add it inside of your facility, it makes you know, all yourself more valuable to your members and, and your members more valuable to you. Um, so that's what I was thinking as well. But cool, cool. Yeah. So we know what you want for your business now, right? We know that you have a big passion for helping people changing lives, you're trying to get out there, um, you know, have more locations, blow it up. Um, but what is it that you want from your business? What's like that big why for you that, uh, you know, what is it that that you want the business to give back to you? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of funny. Like I've always, um, I always put things in perspective and I say, listen, when I'm, when I'm an old man and I look back on my life, I just want to know that I made a difference in the world. And, and I think that, um, at the, at the, you know, this, this company of software 40 is really going to give me that. And, um, you know, obviously there's financial goals that we're always going to want to hit in life, right? You always want to make money and, and grow a big successful business. And, and I think that that's going to be a, a, a byproduct of success. Um, but success for me is really less about money and more about just knowing that I made a difference. And, and you know, obviously on, at the studio level or on the individual level, like as many members as we can possibly have, um, that, those are lives that we're changing. But um, I've kind of evolved my thinking now to looking at franchisees as my real goal. Um, because those are 
people that are wanting to open businesses, change the lives of them for themselves and their families. Um, and then one step down from them will obviously be their members. Um, and so I'll indirectly have touched the lives of the people that come to their studios and, and so on and so forth. So I think my, my real happiness is going to be just being able to walk into a room full of our franchisees, maybe at our annual summit or something like that. And just seeing all the smiling faces and knowing that um, the work that I've done has created the opportunity for these people to change their own lives, to make good money um, and really impact their communities and change the lives of people themselves. Awesome. Awesome. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on here, Cody. Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, your social media pages, um, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. 100%. Yeah. So um, it's really pretty straightforward. We're sweat440.com. Um, like on the social media, we're at sweat440. So sweat440, the number. So um, you don't have to spell the whole thing out. Um, and yeah, if you're uh, interested in, uh, you know, taking a workout, obviously come and join us. Uh, we're based in, you know, we have uh, three locations, um, soon to be five locations in, in the Miami market, uh, two in New York City, um, one in Montreal, Canada. So we're spreading out. We're opening in Austin, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Huntsville, Alabama. We're kind of, we're growing quickly. So, um, you know, and if so, come and join us. And if you're interested in being an entrepreneur or a business person, um, check out our website. There's a franchise link there where you can learn more about that. Um, so be happy to have anyone uh, check us out. Awesome. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. Um, hopefully there will be some sweat 440 locations popping up next to me over here in California. Um, That'd be but awesome. Of course. But to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I am your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Leo Simonetti from the Performance Lab down in Albaline, Texas. Leo, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Austin? Going well, man. Uh, feels like a Monday, but it's not. It's Tuesday. So uh, Tuesday after a long weekend, you know, what you do? You do anything fun this weekend or no? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we ended up doing the Murph on Monday. I was so. going to ask that. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big deal in our gym. So yeah. now I'm just kind of prepped for that over the weekend and spend some yeah, time with the family. It's always a fun day. I told you I owned a few CrossFits. So obviously, it's 
huge in CrossFit too. And uh, yeah, good, uh, always good for community engagement, client engagement, retention. Obviously it's for a good cause too and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. did you do the workout or coach the workout? Uh, both. Yeah. So the hell of if a our, yeah, if our classes are small and, and it's a tight knit group and we know they know it, you know, yeah. they, they actually prefer me to jump in. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended up jumping in with, with a few of the groups. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's like the one or two times a year when that's uh like a great thing to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, very cool. You get yeah, a cool it's good, good camaraderie. You get a cool group photo after all that good stuff, which is amazing. So, uh, all right. So the performance lab, you guys are in Abilene. Uh, now, Leo, I know you've been you've been there for a while as a coach, but you recently purchased the business. That's correct. So talk about um, you know why, how that happened, and why you decided to go down this route here of entrepreneurship within the fitness space. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it was kind of a fast track for me. Yep. You know, I I just recently finished college uh, in 2018, and and was actually kind of I had a I had a bad taste in my mouth from the gym that I was interning right. at. And ended up um, getting a job over there through my now wife. She was my fiance at the time. And um, they had had a bunch of changing of hands and uh, came on as an intern initially. And uh, I mean, man, the the atmosphere was just electrifying. It kind of reinvigorated me. The coach really kind of stuck with me. His name was Josh Jones. And uh, over the course of four years, I went from intern to assistant coach to head coach. And then the business was offered to me. Uh, not long after that. Um, so, you know, that, so that process was, I mean, it was a, it was like drinking, you know, uh, water from a fire hose. Oh, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Speaking things up quickly, but oh, yeah. we, uh, you know, that, so the, the bad taste I had from that other gym was, man, we, we weren't doing a whole lot of coaching there. It was, it was right. a lot of, you know, Hey, here's the workout go get it. I'm here. If you need me, like, I felt more like a, like a resource, you know, sure. I, and I didn't really feel like I was, I was coaching per se. Yeah. yeah. In this gym, it was a complete 180. You know, when I came into it, uh, members expected us to coach them. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't want a free ride. They didn't want to just come in and do what they wanted to do. They, they expected us to look for uh, technique errors. Um, yeah. They needed motivation and uh, every class had, you know, a head coach that was, that was motivating leading the class. Right. And uh, I was the assistant. So, so our job was to look and fix any kind of technique errors, um, yeah. help guide members. And I mean, it just really gave me a sense of, of usefulness. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, seeing the fruit of someone go from, from not believing they can do something um, to not only, you know, believing they can, but, but doing those movements well, yeah. um, gave me an, an overwhelming sense of, of joy. And I realized there was, there was really something to do. I, I had the ability to impact, you know, quite a significant amount of people. And, yeah. and that's ultimately what, what led me down, you know, this road and, yeah. and it's still what fuels me to this day. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And like you said, there's like that sense of purpose we get from this job. I don't, I don't even call it a job from this career. I think is pretty much something unmatched with any other career or job I've ever done. So we just get to impact lives daily in a positive way, which is, which is awesome. Right. Like, uh, Leo, what would you say is the biggest change from your experience going from like head coach to now, to now business owner, you know, in charge of running this show here, what's that biggest change? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously the, uh, I'd say the finances are probably the biggest part, you know? Um, so we, we worked for a company and, and this, 
you know, it, I'm sure we'll get into this in a little yeah. bit, but the company itself was kind of powered by a, a much bigger facility. It was a family entertainment center. So we never really had to worry about money in, money out. Yeah. All we had to worry about was, you know, hey, what's the next week look like? And, uh, and, and you know, how do, we, how do we boost member retention? You know, how do we boost member engagement? And those were the things we were primarily concerned with, you know, whereas, you know, now I'm, I'm focusing on that. And we're focusing on, you know, hey, I got to make sure my employees are getting paid. You know, I've yeah. got to make sure, you know, our insurance is is right. current and being taken care of. You know, it's just small little nuanced things like that, yeah. things that keep the doors open. Um, and, you know, I, I want to say from a from an owner standpoint, and I guess from a from from specifically a gym owner standpoint, but I'm sure this is applicable in other areas is that, you know, I, I had a very narrow, I felt like I had a very narrow uh, vision in the beginning when I was, when I first took over as head coach, you know, I, I knew what my left and right lateral limits were. And as soon as I took over, I mean, that just blew the doors wide open. You know, I was like, wow, I have this, I have this meadow, this field, yeah, you know, right. and you almost don't even know which direction to head first. And, right. and that was honestly almost overwhelming you know right. and so I, I learned i had to kind of take a step back and uh and kind of recenter myself on what it is that we're trying to do at this yeah. gym for sure man yeah it's definitely set a fire hose of information and uh yeah definitely a lot of hats we got to wear as gym owners right so like right. what is uh so yeah you kind of just alluded there alluded that alluded to it there excuse me uh, at the end what are you ultimately now trying to build at the performance lab you know big picture type stuff overarching theme of the business yeah so uh, our business has always been focused around um i mean not just getting good workouts in but how can we change lives for the better yeah. so you know so some gyms are focused on on elite athletes and i mean we want those too i mean don't get me wrong you know we we love the high energy atmosphere we love those people but ultimately what i found that that we really focus on and it's really kind of organically happened is, you know, we focus on uh, people that, that don't believe in themselves. They've, they've, they, they don't, they don't believe they can get in and train like we do because uh, we don't have easy workouts. Um, and we do that through how we scale our workouts. You know, they're, they're highly versatile. We have brand new people right next to our elite athletes and they're all training at a high level, um, but at a level that they can handle and we so we focus a lot of our marketing we focus a lot of our uh, a lot of our our energy on finding those people getting them into our gym and finding or finding their niche creating a community yeah, for yeah. them um yeah and i'm sure you know and i'm sure those that are listening know but uh, especially if they're gym owners but you know um you, you get a lot of people coming in in the new year <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and they, and they're in for a couple of months, usually around March, you start seeing drop off. Right, and right. our number one focus is how do we keep those people, you know, sure. goal oriented, focused on things yeah. that, that are going to make them happy. And so, so I guess, I guess, you know, circling it back to your question, right. we're focusing on helping these people find direction okay. and, and find, a, find what makes them enjoy being in the gym enough that they're going to inconvenience their day because we're all busy, you know, that they're yeah. going to carve out that time to get in every day. Sure. sure. Yeah. I love that, man. And uh, yeah, I love your focus on, we'll say the general population, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously we all love training athletes. I'm sure you're an athlete. I was one myself back in the, yeah. you know, 
still call myself an athlete, whatever that yeah. means. Yeah, it's whatever facet that can be. Yeah, I try to walk up the stairs now as a good athlete skill. <laughs> but um, yeah, like obviously we love training athletes and it's, it brings a lot of energy. But yeah, we can have, I think, the greatest impact on you know the general population person and and uh, let them know that they can be athletic too, you know, in, in yeah. whatever sense that may be. So yeah, man, I love that approach and that uh, basically mission of the business. Now, kind of like, uh, I think a successful business needs to solve solve some sort of problem. I think we just kind of alluded to it with what you just last said. But what would you say is like that exact problem that you are solving at the performance lab within your community? Yeah, so so yeah, kind of circling back to it is, yeah. you know, um, um, adherence to a, a consistent training program right. is, is the number one issue I'm seeing, you know, because yeah. even our current members that, that struggle to get in, you know, we hear them going, man, I just I have a hard time carving yeah. out the time to do it. And, you know, one thing we, we, we all have is a busy schedule. I don't know anyone that doesn't have a busy schedule. So, you know, you can allow that to be the excuse or you can find a reason that you're going to carve out the time to come in, train, and, and keep yourself healthy. Yeah. You know, we, we focus on trying to develop the mindset of the person that, that that's coming into our gym, that sure. they're, they're not there to just kill their bodies, you know, like, yeah, okay. We want you to train hard, but you know, we want to develop that baseline, that, that foundational mindset of they're coming in to ultimately be healthy, sure. whatever goal they pursue after that, you know, whether they want to be a power lifter uh, a strong man, they, they want to look good. You know, they, they, whatever, whatever it is. Um, if it's, if it's violating that foundation of being a healthy person, then we, we try to educate them and bring them to the reality of, of either, you know, their training is actually becoming toxic for right. them to a, to, to a degree. Um, Cause that's really where I find people falling off. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I guess you can say we're trying to fix that issue of, of, you know, what, what, what do you need? You know, what, what are you training for? What, what, what purpose do you have? And are you pursuing that goal uh, uh, from a sustainability standpoint? Are you sustainably pushing for that goal? Yeah. Well, you bring up a lot of good things, man, like uh, keeping, keeping our clients engaged and keeping them educated. Like we, like we talked about uh, before we got on camera here, but I definitely want to talk to talk about that more here in a few minutes. Before I get there though, what is like, um, within your business at this point in time, you know, we've been owner for what, six months or so. What is like, how would you define growth right now? And your main focus behind growth is a business that can mean, can mean so many things, man. If you asked me two weeks ago, I'd have given you a different answer. Um, today it'd be different. So like to you, what does that mean? Like, you know, what is it? May 31st, 2022. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're okay, I'll even backtrack this, sure, this, sure. this, uh, this projection goes in, like, I, I just carried it over from yeah. when I was a head coach, you know, it, it goes all the way back to actually when I was still an assistant coach and, uh, you know, um, our head coach at the time, we, we were really focused on just getting people in the door, getting people in the door. You know, we, yeah, we want to yeah. build our, build our membership base. Right. And we were very successful with it. We were getting 30 people a month, which, which wow. we're, yeah. we're, yeah, I'll say we're a high, we're a high dollar gym. So that's yeah. a significant amount, but we were spinning our wheels because we also had a ton of people stepping right. out right. and, you know, we, we operated like that for a couple of months and, and, and I took a step back and, and I really started to take it personal going, man, what, what are we doing 
yeah that's causing this many people to be stepping out and uh you know come to find out we just really weren't engaging with our members sure. like sure. uh like we should and and i found that in my heart like that was that was really like i mean i would go home at night you know yeah. just going man like what am i doing and right. uh right. so i'll tell you what that caused me to shift focus well i you know numbers matter but they but what mattered more to me was retention. And, sure. and it wasn't from a, from a selfish standpoint of, you know, retention leads to more growth. It right. was more so if, if people are staying at our gym, that means we've got something that people want yeah. to stick around for. Yeah. And we just carried that over into ownership. So we, we don't, you know, I, I personally, I personally track growth as yeah. far as membership goes, but, you know, and I've even had this conversation with my staff. We, I don't, I don't, I don't let them know how many members we have, you know, okay. personally, um, okay. all we track is, you know, how many members, how many members we're retaining, you know, are we retaining 90% of our membership? Um, if we're losing them, why, why are we losing them? Are we, okay. are we not engaging with them enough? You know, some things are unavoidable uh, and we're okay with that, you know, and, and if they leave because of a value that we have, yeah. I'm okay with that because we're firm in who we are, but um, if we're losing people because we're not, you know, they just didn't feel like they were, they were part of our gym. They yeah. didn't feel like part of the culture. That's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to keep us from becoming too focused on, you know, growing and becoming bigger and, and expanding, you know, our reach, um, it, you know, keeping ourselves focused on, on that retention factor on, on member engagement, you know, yeah. we can be a huge gym and still have that personal feel. Right. Yeah. No, I agree, man. And uh, yeah, that's why I worded like, you know, growth can mean so many things. And like, yeah, well, I think we're reading each other's mind. It was like, it's not always necessarily more, more, more people Yeah. offering a better service product to our current people and keeping that retention high. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to dive into that engagement here in a second. But before that, you know, we like to talk about marketing strategies here. What's worked for you. You did say at one point you guys were able to bring in 30 new people a month, you know, for some time there. When you did that, Leo, what was kind of your marketing strategy uh, to, in order to get those kind of numbers in the door? Because that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we were running a series of challenges. We had subscribed um, to a, a model. I, I can't remember the name of the model now, yeah, yeah. but um, it was you know focused around six week programs where sure. we where we, we helped push these people to, you know, um, losing body fat, losing, yeah. you know, and, and just short little quick bursts like that. Yeah. Sure. And, sure. but it was, it was crazy. And, and you know, I, I'll share, I'll share the model because this was actually really effective. Um, it was like a, a challenge. I mean, it was up front. You had a, a pretty high dollar value. Like I think it yeah. was like $500 yeah. up yeah. front. And, and you were kind of, you were kind of placing a bet on yourself when you signed up for it. So you dropped $500 and, and those, those people had that $500 basically sit on the table in front of us. And right. if they came for six weeks straight through, followed the, the diet program we had yeah. and, uh, and didn't miss a day, <clears throat> didn't miss a single day of training, then they actually got that $500 back at okay. the end of the, uh, okay. at the end of the, the cycle. Now we offered right. them to put that towards membership or, or they could, they could take it and walk. It was, it was up to them. And what we found was, you know, that created 
a new habit. So those people made it six weeks, you know, which it takes at least three to create the habit. And, you know, out of, you know, 15 or 20 people, we'd have one or two that would take it and walk. So it was just an outrageously successful program for us. Um, You know, we haven't done a lot of those lately. Um, Just with the the one negative I saw with that program was it really was centered around weight loss. And, yeah. and it was focused around weight, which, you know, we can dive into that later, but, right. um, but the program model itself, I think is a very great model. Sure. I would just shift it to a different focus, but sure. yeah, we sure. were, we were seeing huge gains with something like that. So, you know, kind of, kind of putting money on the line. Yeah. We notice those high dollar values. That's people that don't want to wake up, you know, on the week one, week two, and right. they don't want to get there at five o'clock in the morning. That was a, I think that was enough to get them there. And yeah, before you knew it, they were coming, not, not for that, you know, not for that $500 return, but because they were like, Hey, this is really doing something for me. Yeah. 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 I agree. Those are uh, probably, it is the best lead generator um, to get new people in the door, you know, across the board, whether we're yeah. using Facebook ads or Instagram or any other kind of paid advertising. People like that to find end program for sure. It definitely works. Um, <laughs> yeah. I liked, you know, you know, let's talk about the weight loss piece of it because that's an interesting thing. And even like now, Facebook, I know, starts to flag things if you use weight loss kind of now. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Like we actually was- had a, uh, we had yeah. mid. So, one one time we were, we, we ran that program. Right. We used the exact same ad yeah. a year later yeah. and it got rejected. Yeah. They right. wouldn't let us do it. So, you're right. That's That's considered discrimination now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the word transformation works. Um, but if you could do that ad again, or if you guys are thinking of doing it, what would the challenge kind of be based around more transformation or just, uh, goals individually? Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and, uh, transformation is a great word. Um, you know, we, we focus and what I've used a lot of is, is, you know, habit forming. So transforming yeah. the mind, the mindset is, is really what we focus around. I like that. And, yeah. you know, um, a, a big note there is that we I found the, whenever we would have someone who was displeased with, yeah. you know, at the end of the program, they didn't see a lot of body change, you know, because yeah. maybe they've got, you know, hormone issues or they've got something sure. else going on. Sure. Um, focusing around a mindset change, yeah. We found, you know, a year, you know, well, six months, a year down the road, these people were seeing the changes that they were wanting to see in six weeks. But, you know, yeah. you know, as well as I do, like quite often you don't see the change that you expect in that right. six weeks. You know, they want to, they want to, they want to look like the next fitness model in six sure. weeks. And you're like, Hey, it, it doesn't like, if you look like that in six weeks, then you didn't diet correctly. You, you went on some crazy crash diet and, yeah. Yeah. and you reached that from an unhealthy means and so we we focus more on mindset and have found that to be far more effective yeah no i love that man i think that's great um and probably longer lasting benefits you know like uh to from an overall health perspective so yeah i love that um so leo right now we're not your main focus right now isn't isn't more people necessarily um what is your marketing and maybe better question what is like your brand awareness that you guys are putting out there right now to the community to the world I'm sure you're using social media channels and all that stuff. So what, a, what kind of is like your, and I know you have a podcast that you're starting here. So what is kind of your approach now to just your brand awareness for the performance lab? If it's not just like acquiring new clients by the, by the boatload. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 
you know, and, and it's funny because it's actually working on getting people like we, we just see it. We just saw an uptick recently because of this. Um, we're focused almost strictly on education, you know, and, and what I mean by that is we have we have, you know, like we just recently got the TikTok game and yeah. and we do. Yeah. And, and, and we do quick little short segments on, you know, recovery. Why is it important? We talk about uh, mobility and, and what it, you know, what it can do, um, not just from an injury prevention standpoint, but from a performance standpoint. Right. Uh, we talk about the importance of balance in the body, you know, not yeah. just hitting bench three days a week, but right. making sure you're getting in anterior and posterior training. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, you know, I, I think showing, showing that knowledge base, um, yeah. really creates a lot of buy-in for our members. Like when they walk through our door, I see so much more attentiveness, you know, they're, they're yeah. coming to me. They're not just showing up for a workout. They're saying, Hey, I've been, I've been feeling this nagging issue in my quad or, right. and, you know, Hey, right. my knee, I have these knee pains and before, yeah. and I'm finding they go, Hey, before I go to the doctor, I wanted to ask you about this. And, and, and that shows that, that there's a level of trust there. Yeah. So these, these people are seeing me as a, as a, a, as an expert in this industry. Yeah. And, and so that's really kind of what we're doing for marketing. I mean, we, we do have events that we're doing yeah. and, you know, we're promoting those on Facebook, Instagram, and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're paying for advertising. To be honest, I'm really not seeing a whole lot of return on, on the paid advertising more right. so on right. just having our members share it. And uh, yeah. Um, I think just just sharing that knowledge base though has cre has created so much buy-in that my members yeah. sell the gym for me. Like we almost don't even have to do it ourselves. For sure, yeah, which is a, a huge part of our marketing plan. And like you said, the word trust and expertise, which I think is huge. And obviously, using these platforms that we have at our disposal nowadays, yeah, it's a great thing to do. Um, yeah. And I think I remember back in the day, like people didn't seem to care much about like why we're doing this exercise. But I think uh, if we can now provide this expertise, like you said, and education, yeah. you just keep educating, educating, educating. It shows, a, it puts us on a higher pedestal and then the, it gives more value to the clients, right? So yeah, like yeah. word of mouth, everybody always says word of mouth is the best form of advertising, right? Or, or a big portion of it, which it is. What are your thoughts behind uh, word of mouth marketing, Leo? Yeah, so it's, I think, I, I think you kind of hit it right on the head. It's, yeah. it's not the most prominent. Like, I think there's, there's so much more advertising that is still very effective, but, and, and, and you, you tend to do that more, yeah. but I will say the, the word of mouth marketing we've had has been far more effective. Right. Uh, like when our members go out and share with their friends, almost always those people make a transition into our gym. You know, if not, if not the same week, they mention it over the course of a month or two. Yeah, and yeah. I find that our members are <laughs> chronically hitting those people up. If they don't come in on the first week, wow. they re-invite them, they re-invite them, yeah. they re-invite them. And, uh, and uh, we give them plenty of opportunities too. We, we do a lot of free classes on the weekends okay. that gives them an opportunity to get them in. But, yeah. you know, I, I really do. I think, you know, it's, you're not going to like, you only have a, a limited number of members. So right. I don't think it's going to be where most of your resources are spent, but I think it is by far the most effective marketing tool you have. Sure. So, and, and kind of, if you don't mind me spinning back on that, Go ahead. you know, um, creating I, my members would market before 
for yeah. me. But it, I mean, as soon as we started breaking movements down and explaining everything, yeah, and then creating that that creating that trust, like you had mentioned, right, that right. was where that was where we saw the change was the trust. So, yeah. so for those that are going, well, well, how do I get my members to market, you know, for me, you 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 establish that trust that you you are who you say you are. And, yeah. and you know what you say, you know, yeah. and I mean, members will invite everyone they know to your gym. Um, yeah. That's, that's where we've seen the biggest change. Yeah, I agree. Trust is everything, man. I read something like uh, members trust you 92%. Uh, it's, it's a, a big part of uh, if they will refer or not, but then is there any ways like I've also read only 29% of our members in a service-based business will refer to their clients and colleagues and coworkers and family. Is there any way to, that you guys have best systematized using this word of mouth incentives or referrals, or you get a t-shirt or any, you know, anything yeah, like that? Yeah. No, no, I mean, absolutely. So yeah. our members would do it on their own. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, we're still trying to like our, our members, members are referring people and they don't even know this program exists, but we have a, a pretty sweet referral program. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to do what we do because our incentive program is, is pretty generous. Yeah. Um, we give our members a free month every time they refer someone to us. Oh. So if that person comes to us, they sign up for your contract and they drop, you know, Hey, you know, Kim from the, from the 5am class referred me, right. Right. then we give that person a free month. And it's stackable. So yep. say Kim brings 12 members in her first month, she just paid for a whole year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like she she doesn't pay a dime for that full year. Right. And yeah. you know, sure, okay, we lost out on on her yeah. um, as far as payment goes, but we just gained 12 other individuals. Um, exactly. and we do that based around a one-year contract. So yeah. I mean, it, and that, that's been pretty effective. You know, we've got we've had quite a few members go, hey don't forget that that's my referral. And you're like, yep, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, yeah, so people love incentives, man. It's, it's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Well, and, and you could do 20% off 25, you know, 50. Well, we've seen that be pretty effective, but this over the top, it's almost like people are chomping at the bits yeah. to get their sure. friends in. So, sure. you know, I, I think the, the slight excessiveness, it, it really doesn't hurt us a whole lot. And, and I think that's empowering a lot of our members to go, man, I really need to get out there. For sure. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's good. Good to have a system for it because, yeah, I think it makes up at least half of our marketing plan. So uh, <laughs> our strategy. So I think I think it's great. And uh, awesome, man. So now, Leo, so we know your model. You guys are uh, group training, personal training, open gym. Uh, what is the bread and butter of your business? We haven't gone over that yet. Yeah. So um, we have a, a boot camp style class that we run we call it our strong class mm -hmm. and uh i mean it, it's, it's boot camp style because every day is a little bit different we we do uh i mean we follow if anyone's ever been a part of a, i'm sure you know you've been an athlete you've been a part of a uh a uh uh, weight room on a, a, a strength and conditioning program. Sure, sure. And and we actually follow that kind of methodology, right? Monday, we might, and, and it's the same class throughout the whole day, but Monday might be a strength day, right? We hit upper body or, or lower body strength. Right. Tuesday might be cardio. Wednesday, we focus on, you know, mobility. We focus on building stability, mm -hmm. uh, core, you know, and then Thursday and Friday might be, you know, two other days, you know, and we, we have some fun days too, but um, we follow a three week progression where each week builds on the last okay. and then we transition, we move into a new week and it's just, so it's, it's a highly comprehensive, yeah. uh, boot camp 
style programming that, that we operate. Sure. That's awesome. I love it. A great way to, again, serve the uh, client avatars we're uh, appealing to and going after. How did you guys come up with your like uh, pricing and your membership structure? We can price gyms a thousand ways, but how did you guys do it? Like, you know, your, your way, how'd you get that price? Yeah. You know, and I, I kind of got to cheat on that because when I came in, the pricing was pretty much already set. Right. right. And uh, you know, I want one thing that's, that's kind of helped is we really haven't raised our prices since the markets, you know, well, well since, since inflation's hit, um, sure. cause we're doing just fine without it. But um, I've definitely seen some go up, but we, we, what we did was we looked at, you know, we're not, we're not just a weight room gym, so we're not going to press ourselves against that kind of gym. Right. Um, but we're not just a studio, you know, we're not just doing classes. We're a little bit of both. So we looked at what we model very similarly to there's, there's other, there's a couple other uh, models that are very similar to us. Um, CrossFit gyms are, are very similar to us. So we looked at their pricing you know, we looked at what the low, what the high was, yeah. and then we actually kind of cut it right in the middle, you know, because okay. we, we, we weren't looking to necessarily undercut. We, you know, one thing we, we, we didn't want to do was, was undersell who we okay. are. Uh, I think, you know, when I've, when I've seen like, there, there's a gym in town um, yeah. that I won't mention is, is kind of struggling right now. Okay. And, and they're one of our competitors, our direct competitors. And, right. and I think a lot of it is they're getting membership, but they're, they're, they're making so little, they're not able to really, yeah. I think, function at the capacity they need to. And, sure. and uh, so that's just an example of, you know, you, you can't always try to undercut business. You, you got to right. sell you know, what you think you're worth. And uh, so we, we just stayed kind of right in the middle, but we, okay. what we see is competitive. And uh, we actually offer some discounts for some of first, for like first responders. Yeah. And that's how we can kind of, for, for certain demographics, be a little bit more enticing for right, those that, right. that kind of need it. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Totally makes sense. So group training is the, the bread and butter, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so similar to a CrossFit model. Are there ways you're able to increase average revenue per member, you know, through other services or other products you may offer? We do. Yeah, we, we, um, we have a, a child care service that we offer. Okay. And for members that are interested in utilizing that, we have a, we have a slide up charge for that. Um, and, and that just helps, you know, bring in a little bit extra yeah. and, uh, we, we sell product and t-shirts. So we'll do some online orders. I know a lot of gyms, especially starting off, don't have the ability to buy t-shirts in bulk. Right. And so what we have found that's really effective is, uh, doing online orders where, you know, yeah. most, most areas have at least one company that does this. You know, you go to them, you tell them what you want. They open up an online store. Your members right. can go in and they can purchase gear, but usually those are set up like fundraisers. Fundraisers. Yep. So they might print the shirt and 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 cost to you, cost of the gym, is maybe twenty bucks, but you sell it for thirty or thirty five. Right. Right. And uh, and at the end of it, you get some of that back. Well, we just put that back into buying more gear, right. and then bring that into the gym, and we sell that, and you know right. that helps build a little extra revenue. Yeah. Um, and uh, helps get us, you know, some free marketing as well. Uh, we also sell, you know, fit aids, recovery drinks, yeah. protein, yeah. stuff like that. And, um, you know, at the end of class, we'll mention, Hey, you know, we've got some of this product. If you guys are looking for a good recovery, yeah. you know, we'll kind of upsell it that way. Uh, we also do sometimes some free giveaways. You know, we notice product kind of, you'll see, uh, people buy quite a bit of it and then it kind of plummets back down. Yeah. You know, people forget right. that you sell it. And so, Every so often we'll have a day where, hey, 
you know, fastest time gets a free fit aid, gets yeah, this, yeah. gets that. And it just, it's a fun way to reintroduce it without kind of yeah. shoving it in front of their faces. Sure. And, yeah. uh, and, and that's been pretty effective for us. I agree. And another good way to keep clients engaged and all that good stuff. Um, two more questions for you, Lee, man. So we've talked about client engagement a lot. What are specific things you guys are doing uh, to keep that as high as possible? Whether it's hosting events, scheduled events, or other ways to communicate with your with your people when they're outside of the gym. Yeah, so so a couple of things. Um, we we've recently gotten a software that allows us, like like it, it's got an app associated with it, and we do yeah. a lot of community based stuff where, you know, we'll post tips tips of the week. We do uh, push notifications so that way, even though they're not directly seeing us, because you know not every member makes it in every week, they get busy. Right. Um, they get that engagement from us. Um, so from a platform standpoint, you know, we've done that. We've created Facebook communities um, and, and those help. But the biggest thing I think is, is we, we have some localized competitions that we do right. and we encourage members to come in. You know, what, yeah. what's great is, yeah, okay. That, that is some extra revenue that we can pull in. Right. Um, but we find that a lot of our members start to start to form tight knit groups where, sure. you know, they all want to go and compete in those together. Yeah. Um, that also incentivizes training. So if we've got like saying, you know, for instance, the Murph was coming right. up, we had a, we had a two month buildup and yeah. all of our training was, was progressively building yeah. you towards that Murph. Yeah. And so that's incentivizing people to come in, train regularly, get ready yeah. for it. You know, we had people every single week come up to me and, and, and they were talking about their, you know, Hey, my pull-ups, I've gotten five more, you know, and, yeah. Yeah. and that just creates a little more buy-in, you know, yeah. if, if people don't feel like they're training, has any kind of purpose, whether it's a personal goal or a goal we set, right. you know, they eventually stop coming because they stop seeing the value in what they're doing. Yeah. You know, because you know, people like me and, and those that are probably listening, they enjoy being in the gym. You know, just being there is something they enjoy, but that's right. not the case with everybody. So finding, finding, you know, milestones or something down the road yeah. to get people, you know, something to look forward to has been really huge, but Massive, you know, yeah. well, one last thing, I'm sure we're, I'm sure we're getting close on time, but yeah, yeah. Um, is uh, uh, focusing on, on member engagement. I make sure every member we have in our class, I talk to at least two times a week. It's kind of a goal I have, yeah. you know, if I haven't talked to someone twice in a week in our class, you know, I'm, I'm sending him a message. You know, I'm not saying you have to, <laughs> you have to bug your members like that, but yeah, I engage with them in some way, yeah. you know, especially in class, you know, if, if I'm not issuing out some kind of correction, then I'm checking in with them in their right. personal life. Right. Um, if your members see that you buy into them, what we found is your members buy into you. Right. right. So aside from the trust, they, they know you as a person, they know right. you, you know, that they know who my son is. They know who my wife is. Right. You know, I know who their kids are and, and that creates a, a friendship, you know, you know, more of a personal and, and, uh, but also a professional friendship sure. and, you know, members that might not be in for weeks, maybe even a month at a time, you find that loyalty from yeah. those people. Cause they go, man, this person has been so good to me. And, and so that's, that's a huge part for, for, uh, you know, just being a high touch coach, these, yeah. these people want to come back and be a part of your gym and it builds retention and it builds buy-in. I agree, man. Uh, we all, yeah. And I love what you just said there, high touch coach. That's awesome. I never heard that phrasing before. I love that. And yeah, yeah. Just, the just the awareness you guys has, have of how important it is to, uh, 
like one talk to members and have like a, a system and like actually like a, a reason behind that and a plan. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's always great to have something to train for, for 99% of our clients. You know, you and I work out for, we love it. And it's like part of what we've done forever, I'm sure. And, uh, but a lot of people aren't like that. So it's a different wiring. So like, yeah, to have something to train for is huge. Do, do these events is huge. Uh, like Murr for anything else we may have going on. So yeah, all awesome stuff, man. Leo, with that being said, next 12 months for performance lab. What is your main focus here? Kind of newer to the gym ownership world. Where are you focused on moving forward here? You know, from a growth perspective or just overall with the gym over the next year? Yeah, so so our culture was was originally our main focus. Um, through the changing of, uh, of hands, we, you know, uh, our, our environment had really suffered, you know, and we didn't talk a lot on that, but there, there was a lot of changing of hands, which led to me taking over. Oh, yeah. So yeah. for a while there, we focused a lot on culture and, and I'm really seeing that we've, we've kind of accomplished our goal there. So I guess our next big thing is, is services. You know, we're, we're looking to switch to a 24 hour access facility. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're working on, making the changes to the facility we need to make that happen yeah. um, and provide the keyless entry, you know, um, which, you know, believe it or not, really isn't as expensive as you would think, I know, it's you know, it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually a lot more affordable and, and it just makes us so much more competitive. Oh yeah. Um, so, that, so I guess just expanding our services, like we just, we just bought into a, uh, a program called my zone and yeah. uh, that is allowing for our members to engage you know, um, in, in, inside of workouts, but also outside of workouts, you know, you can see what Susie did at the nine 30 class. And, you know, when I go to the noon, I'm going to try to match that or beat it. And so, so we're building on services, I guess you could say, and, and, you know, something that I think can go by the wayside and, and actually has really been something I've been focused on since the beginning, since I've been the head coach, even before ownership. But I think now, now that our gym's in a really good place environmentally um, is taking care of and, and pouring into my coaches. So, you know, helping them educate, like I've actually got a, uh, an an incentive for my coaches. If they go, you know, uh, uh, test out for a new uh, certificate, Um, or, or a new kind of, you know, uh, any kind of program, any kind of continuing education, I, I reimburse them for that education. As long as they've, they've accomplished it, they finished it and they, they've got something that, that they can show me that they've completed it. We, we give them back, you know, we reimburse them for that education. And, and the way I see it is if we pour into them, they're going to pour back into our business and, and they're going to love who we are. And so services and, and my staff, you know, uh, my, my coaching staff, the infrastructure is where I'm centering myself in the next 12 months. You know, I, I want at the end of 12, you know, next May, the end of next May going into June, I want three coaches. You know, we've got three coaches right now that are highly qualified, highly skilled and very passionate about pouring into our members and helping them reach their goals. I think that's awesome, Leo. And like without, without that team in place, we can never scale um, mm-hmm. how we want to scale. When you get to this three other coaches, uh, how is your role life going to be a little different at that point? Is, is, are you talking about as far as a, uh, as far as my, like me being involved with the gym? Yeah. 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 So I, I think I'll still be a major part of it. You know, the way our model operates, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge, my, my face and, and my, 
you know, my engagement with our members is a huge part of it. And, yeah. You know, may, maybe me stepping away years from now, like, like maybe being less involved on the front end, sure. Sure. more involved on the back end might be something I look at. You know, to be honest, I'm enjoying it way too much right. to step away from that just yet. But yeah. um, I want them to be just as much, if not more desired by my members than me. Okay. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that I, I don't, you know, I want to be that guy that eventually steps away and, and, right. but right. I, I want them to be just as much of a desired coach as me. Cause yeah. right now, you know, they are, you know, great coaches, our members enjoy them. Right. Um, but I'm a very high energy, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll lose my mind in classes and, and, and the members just love it. And I want my coaches to eventually, I'm not going to say surpass me, but you know, I want, I want people to look at them like they look at me. Yeah. And I if I step out, then yeah, sure. They, they could step in, but that's not the, uh, that's not the goal at least not, I'm not within the next year. So. No, I hear you. Yeah. I love it, man. Love where your mindset is at. And uh, everything sounds awesome. Your performance loves Leo. Great place to wrap it up, man. Where can the listeners check you out? Website, social media, where can we find you and follow your story? Yeah. So, so you can find us on, you know, Facebook, uh, the performance lab, um, Instagram. We are at TPL Abilene. Uh, or TPL underscore Abilene, excuse me there. Um, Twitter, you know, we're, we're not super active there, but we are trying to build our presence. Uh, we're at uh, TPL Abilene there. And uh, shoot, I wish I could throw my TikTok out there, but I don't know off the top of my head. We just got in the game there. But yeah, yeah. Um, if they find us, you know, we're more active on on Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. You know, if anyone wants to get in, you know, uh, market, get in touch. Um, we're, we're always looking to network and, and trade with, uh, trade, trade ideas, yeah. you know, and, and get to know people in the area. So yeah, have them reach out. Um, uh, again, my, you know, my name is Leo Simonetti. You can find me under Leo Simonetti, pretty hard to, pretty hard to miss. There's not a whole lot of those in, in the U S so reach out to me, anyone that's interested and, and we can definitely connect. Um, we're always looking to get out and get in the community. Leo, this is awesome, man. I appreciate you so much, man. And uh, thank you for coming on. We wish you guys the best of luck. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Austin. Got um, it. Love being a part of it. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun. Listeners, we appreciate you as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.